0: The Lord calls us to worship this morning from the book of Psalms, chapter 113. Praise the Lord. Praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising of the sun to its going down, the Lord's name is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations. His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God? who dwells on high, who humbles himself to behold the things that are in the heavens and in the earth. He raises the poor out of the dust and lifts the needy out of the ash heap, that he may seat him with princes, with the princes of his people. He grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. in heaven, we bow our hearts and our heads before you, and we proclaim that you are the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We as your people have come to worship you today, to sing your praises, to proclaim your excellencies, that we might remember in our own hearts and proclaim to our friends and our family and neighbors that you are the living God. Lord, we pray that You would be pleased to pour out Your Spirit upon us today, this gathering of Your church here at Lebanon. Lord, I pray that You would be with us in power and strength and encouragement and in hope. And Lord, I pray that You would join our hearts together now as we pray the prayer that You taught Your disciples to pray, saying out loud, Our Father, who art in heaven,
1: hallowed be Thy name.
0: Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation,
1: but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the
0: power, and the glory, forever. Amen. This morning for our confession of faith, we're going to recite together the Apostles' Creed. It's on page 845 in the green hymnal if you would like to look there. I'm going to begin by asking you, Christian, what do you believe? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary,
1: suffered under Pontius Pilate,
0: was crucified, dead, and buried, Dear believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, those of you who cling to Him by faith, hear these words of assurance from the book of Romans, chapter 8. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. Amen. Let's continue to worship now. Turn in your hymnal to number 457 as we sing together, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing. offering to the glory. thank you that we may take this time in this service of worship us poor sinners needy people to give back to you a portion of what you have so richly blessed us with we are a blessed people we enjoy the riches that many in this world who are just like us do not enjoy and we give thanks to you and pause to raise our voices to you in praise and adoration and thanks Lord, we know that the gifts that you have given us are not because of ourselves. They are out of your riches of mercy. We pray, Lord, that you would use our tithes and our offerings this morning for the sake of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that throughout the nations, lost souls, people who are dying and going to hell apart from your grace, that they would hear of the love of Jesus and the gospel, and that they would believe by faith. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank uh-huh. you. For our responsive reading, please turn in your hymnal to page 836. We're going to recite together Psalm 141. It's on page 836. I'll begin with the light portion. Please respond out loud together with the bold. O Lord, I call to you. Come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Let not my heart be
1: drawn to what is evil, to take part in wicked deeds to men who are evil doers. Let me not eat of their delicacies.
0: Let a righteous man strike me. It is a kindness. Let him rebuke me. It is oil on my head.
1: My head will not rebuke
0: Yet my prayer is ever against the deeds of evildoers.
1: Their rulers will be down from the cliffs, and the will learn that my words are well spoken.
0: They will say, as one plows and breaks up the earth, so our bones have been scattered at the mouth of the grave.
1: But my eyes are fixed on you, O sovereign Lord.
0: Keep me from the snares they have laid for me, from the traps set by evildoers. Amen. Let's stand together and sing as we continue to worship number 455 and Can It Be That I Should Gain? That I received uh, late on Wednesday night, just uh, saw it just before our prayer meeting on Thursday morning actually, uh, that uh, Reverend Steve Jessen has received a clean bill of health. Um, he did not have cancer from the first scan and after the uh, radiologist technicians read the scans that they did, they determined they did not need to do another biopsy. So he has no cancer. The growth that was in his lung that they were concerned about seems to be diminishing. And he and Julie wanted to thank you all for your prayers. Praise the Lord. And also wanted to uh, take a moment just to, uh, to recognize and to pray for Pastor Abu here with us this morning. What a blessing. We prayed for you, brother, to be able to make it to the United States. We're thankful that you're here. And what a blessing to be able to pray with a brother who serves and ministers around the world. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the riches of your mercy that we just sang about. It would be easy to take a song like, And Can It Be?, and let those truths slip right off of our tongues and off of our hearts, too. Lord, we pray that you would minister the gospel to our souls this morning. We desperately need it. Lord, we give thanks to you for the answer to our prayers this week. There are many that we still offer up to you. There are many in this room, many that are unspoken, that uh, people in our midst are walking through only with you and your knowledge. Lord, we thank you and praise you that you hear us, that you walk with your people through deep, dark valleys, that you care for us in our concerns, our family and relational concerns, our concerns for finances and health and mental well-being. And Lord, we thank you that you walk with us through spiritual darkness as well. Lord, we praise you for these answers to prayer that we have mentioned this morning. That Pastor Abu is here and was able to be here this week and take part in the conference at ICU, at CIU. Lord, I thank you for him to be here. It is not a small thing to make it from one country to the next. And Lord, we pray for traveling mercies for him and for your hand to be mightily upon him in the power of the Spirit as he proclaims the good news of the Gospel, as he shares it with people that he meets on the streets and in homes, as he seeks to help rescue young girls from a terrible situation day in and day out. Lord, we pray that you would bless the homes that he has, that it would be a safe haven for them. And Lord, we do also thank you for your answers to our prayers for Steve and Julie Jessen. Lord, we thank You for the time that we were able to spend with them just a couple of months ago now. And we rejoice with them that what was very concerning to them turned out to not be so. Lord, we thank You that You are glorified in answering our prayers and in hearing us. Lord, we do pray that You would continue to have Your hand upon Lebanon, that You would minister through us in this community, that we would share the Gospel, that we would be evangelists of the good news of Jesus to our friends and to our neighbors and to our families. And Lord, we cry out to You that You would pour out Your Spirit upon us, that we would have a sense of being in Your presence even now. And as we open Your Word in just a moment and come to the table of Your grace, Lord, we pray that You would feed us, help us to feed upon Christ, that this table and coming to Your Word are not empty recitations. They are a true means of grace that You minister to our souls. In Jesus' name, amen. I would invite you to open your Bibles to the Gospel of Matthew chapter 11. This morning we're going to be reading verses 25 to 30. Matthew chapter 11. Verses 25 to 30. This is the Word of the Lord. At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank You, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and prudent, and have revealed them to babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in your sight. All things have been delivered to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. Nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal him. Come to me, all you who labor. And are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart. Learn from me, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God abides forever. Today's sermon is entitled The Rest. Jesus Gives. Today in our series, we're continuing our summer series, Being Still in the Busy. And we read some of Jesus' most well-known words here in Matthew chapter 11. Here Jesus opens up and reveals His heart for people who are weighed down with unbearable, soul-crushing burdens in this life. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 36, it says that when Jesus saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Jesus says, come to me and I'll give you rest. What an offer. Simply come to Jesus and He'll give you rest for your soul. That's impossible, you might say. Like telling a lame man to stand up and walk or a blind man to open his eyes and see, or a fierce wind just simply saying to it, Peace, be still. This Jesus who offers rest for your soul is the one who did those things simply by speaking. He's the only person in the universe who's able to speak truth into existence, whom the disciples marveled at and said, Who is this that even the wind and the waves Obey Him. He is the King of glory. He is the Prince of peace. And He bids you to come to Him today. In Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you will hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. In the words of the Scriptures, Jesus calls to you, By His Word, according to the power of His Spirit, He calls to you and says, Come to Me and rest. I'll give it to you. This morning I'm going to look at this passage under three headings with three different questions. Number one, who may come to Jesus? Number two, how do they come to Jesus? And number three, what do they receive? So number one, who may come to Jesus? He makes it very plain in verse... Twenty-eight. He says, All who labor and are heavy laden, all of you, come to Me. This is the free offer of the Gospel. Won by Jesus' blood upon the cross. He says, Come to Me, all who labor, and I'll give you rest. John chapter 7, verse 37 says, That on the last day, the last great day of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, Let him come to me and drink. But the drink that Jesus was offering was not a special glass of wine or cup of water. He was speaking of the gift of the Holy Spirit whom He would pour out upon His people because they had been ravaged by the horrors of their own sin and their participation in the fall. In Isaiah 55, verses 1 and 2, the prophet says, Ho, everyone who thirsts, Come to the waters. And you who have no money, come buy and eat. Yes, come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread? And your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good. And let your soul delight in its abundance. Who may come to Jesus? All who labor and are heavy laden promises to give rest. Who may come to Jesus? This might seem like a, a, a got you for some. It might seem like a stumbling block to others. Or it may seem like a, well, of course, to you. But Jesus is saying that the only kind of people who can come to Him are sinners. Sinners. This is a required prerequisite. There's no work around, there's no appeal that you can make to go around it. He says, sinners, they are the kind of people that come to Jesus for rest. We ask two questions of our new members when we go through a new members class. Each person here who is a member at Lebanon has assented to these two vows. Number one and two, we ask you, do you acknowledge yourself to be a sinner in the sight of God? Justly deserving his displeasure and without hope save in his sovereign mercy. So, to say I am a sinner is not to have a bad self image, but is actually to have a correct, a biblical, a proper self image of who I am before the living God. I am a sinner. Number two, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God and Savior of sinners? And do you receive and rest upon Him alone for salvation as He is offered in the Gospel? To become a member at Lebanon, you have to assent to those two questions. They're not our questions. They're biblically-based questions that every church in our denomination rightly administers membership into the church of the Lord Jesus. Who comes to Jesus for rest? It's required that you be a sinner. So rejoice today. You may come to Him for rest. And he promises to give it to you. Number two, how do they come to Jesus? We see a little bit of this answer from God's perspective in verse 28. He says that anyone may know the Father if the Son wills to reveal him to you. You see a little bit of that from God's perspective. That's not a question for you and I to answer. As you think about sharing the gospel with someone, there's not a a shade or lenses you can put over your glasses that will show you this person's the elect, but that one's not. I won't waste my time. Our job in evangelism is sharing the gospel. And it is God's job to know who are the elect. It doesn't absolve us of our responsibility. It actually boosts us on. We share the gospel because God is calling in His people into the kingdom. How do they come to Him? They come because the Son delights to show the Father to them. It is His delight to bring sinners into the kingdom. How do they come to Jesus? They don't come in their own wisdom or prudence, He says in verse 25. They don't come in their own strength or in their pride, they come differently. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 26 to 30 For you see your calling brethren that not many wise according to the flesh not many mighty not many noble are called but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise and God has chosen the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen and the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in His presence. But of Him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, He who glories, let him glory in the Lord. You can't come to the Lord in pride or in boasting. The only way that you can come boasting is boasting in the Lord Jesus Christ relishing in His cross, in His payment for you, a sinner. That's how you come. You don't come any other way. You come in humility and weakness and neediness, in full knowledge that I must come empty-handed to the King. I have no gift to bring. I have no offering. I can't bring my accomplishments or my riches. My resume... Or my good intentions. I can't earn or buy my way into heaven. It's not possible. I come in full knowledge of my sin. And my unworthiness into his presence. And wonder of wonders he welcomes me in. The one who knows me better than myself. The one who knows me better than the image of who I am. That I proclaim to you. And try to project Looking like a good person or someone who has it together. Looking like a Christian. He sees me. He sees right through the veneer that I put on. And He knows me. And He allows me to come into His presence. Because of the Lord Jesus alone, I come as a beggar. Maybe people that you would like to hide your face from. People in the world who maybe hold out a cup or say, could you spare some change? We come to Jesus lower than that. We come begging, throwing ourselves upon the mercy of the almighty, most holy, righteous judge of the universe. That's how you come to Jesus. So lastly, what do they receive? A few things. Number one, they receive peace with God. This is both a fact and an experience. I say it's both because I think we need both. But also because in the Lord's wisdom He has given us both of these. It's a fact that we are given peace with God. We're no longer an enemy of His. We no longer hate Him. He has given us a new heart, a new desire to walk with Him. Something that I did not have before. And in this way, I think it's helpful to say and admit and acknowledge that before He changed my heart, I hated Him. And I wanted nothing to do with him. There's nobody that can say I was a God seeker. I finally wore him down and he let me in. No, you are a seeker of God because he moved in your heart. He took out a heart of stone and gave you a heart of flesh that desires to walk with him and know him and delights in his presence and feasts upon his word. The wrath of God no longer abides on you if you have the peace of God. He declares us his children. I am a son of God or a daughter of God, you may say in his presence. I have an eternal inheritance that is imperishable and undefiled, that no one can take away, and that I cannot unearn since I never earned it. The weight and the pressure on your shoulders should be off as you experience and relish in the peace of your Savior. Those are facts. But I believe it's also an experience. A day-to-day, moment-by-moment experience that I have received peace with God. The peace of God, the Bible says, is poured out into our hearts. It's based on resting in the finished work of Jesus for sinners upon the cross. That's why Jesus went. Jesus went to buy redemption for you because it was necessary and you couldn't do it yourself. We know a resting peace as believers that cannot be replicated, it cannot be faked, it cannot be duplicated. And we also have been welcomed into His presence by His grace. Do you know, dear believer, that you walk with Jesus and that Jesus walks with you every day? He promises to provide grace and mercy and peace in the midst of conflict, in the midst of turmoil, in the midst of heartache, Jesus is with you and He promises to stay. He's invested in it, in you. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, the writer says, "...let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace." You may come boldly, not because you earned it, but because you've been given it by Jesus, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There is an experience here for believers to enjoy the peace and the presence of God. And there is a storehouse for you to draw from when you are empty. When you have no more strength, you may rest in Jesus. And in fact, the only way that you know you can rest in Jesus is to know you don't have any strength at all. Your strengths are actually way too weak for you. And your weaknesses are way too strong for you. The Lord Jesus is your strong tower. He is your refuge. What do people who come to Jesus receive? Jesus says here very plainly, I came to give you rest. Rest from Jesus is perfect. Rest from Jesus is refreshing. It is soul satisfying. You probably know these verses by heart. Romans, excuse me, Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. He intends for you to pray. He intends for you to be with Him. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You may not be able to guard your heart and mind, and you may not be able to do that for your children either. But your Heavenly Father, through the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit, promises to do it. He promises to care for you as you lean upon the breast of your Savior. He promises to be there. And He promises to guard your heart and your mind with His peace. Praise the Lord for that wonderful gift. It's one thing to know that you can defend something that's in front of you. It's entirely different to be able to defend something that's attacking your heart. And not even know it, that wars against your soul and you can do nothing. That's what Jesus promises to offer you. He will guard your heart and mind through his power. He will do it. First Peter verse five, chapter five, verses six and seven. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your cares upon him. For He cares for you. I believe there are some of you who maybe question that. I believe Jesus provides for me. I believe that everything that I have comes from His hand. But I'm just not sure that I believe He cares. I want to encourage you today, Jesus cares. He cares about the weights that you are carrying. He cares about the guilt and the grief and the worry, the anxiety, and the fears. Jesus is with you and He's for you. He cares. If you believe that, you will be able to give Him your burdens and leave them there in His hands. Would it not be that we would experience the peace and love of Jesus if we could let go of the things that we believe we have to hold? Leave them in His hands. Lastly, what do people... Who come to Jesus receive. He says to take note of how He is. He says, I'm gentle and lowly in heart. Take my yoke upon you. Now that's interesting. For Jesus to say to take a yoke upon you. A yoke sounds like work. And for some of you, you know exactly what that is. It's, it's putting something on an animal and, and forcing that animal to go. Jesus, why would you say to me that the way that I learn rest is by coming and working? I thought you came to deliver us from the law. How could you give us more work to do that's almost unbearable? Because if you give it, it will be exacting and perfect. And you will know if we do it right or not. What is Jesus saying here? I want to share just a brief quote with you because I don't think I can say it better than this man. Once we rest in Christ, our work changes. The cure for a heavy burden is not to have no burden, but a light burden. The right burden. Jesus knows the right burden. He offers rest not by inviting us to do nothing, but by leading us to the right activities. Two things wear an active person down. I believe many of you know this to be true. Having too much work of the wrong kind, tedious meetings, for example, and having no work at all. Here, Jesus is gentle. He gives the right kind of work. And that is how His yoke is good and His load is light. Isn't that wonderful? Jesus takes, I believe, He's saying here two things. He's saying, come to Me and you may have rest. But I believe He's also saying that in these verses, He's saying, I'm undoing everything that the curse brought on you. When God saw Adam and Eve in the garden after they had sinned, what did He do? He cursed them because of their sin. And He cursed the ground. He told Adam that in the sweat of your brow and the toil of your labors, you will eat. And the ground will be cursed and it will be full of thorns and thistles. Jesus said, I came that you might have rest. You may finally have the peace with God that Adam and Eve, your parents, lost because of sin. And you were plunged in it because of sin. And he says, I will take the work that you do now. And the thorns and the thistles will be gone. He doesn't say this life will be perfect. I believe that's why He gave us this table this morning. To be reminded that we must feed upon Him by faith. That until we make the journey home to heaven with Him, we labor looking for a home. Not because we have one here. And so we may labor with joy and peace and delight. And we may rest. We can lay down our labors and enjoy a Sabbath in His presence, because we know He's providing everything. And if He didn't give it to me today, then it's not mine to have. I can rest. No one else offers you that. And no one else paid for it for you, except Him. When we come to this table in just a few moments, I want to encourage you to consider that. I want to encourage you to consider the work of the Lord Jesus on your behalf. Do you know Him by faith? I'm not asking, is your name on the rolls here at Lebanon... Or at some other church. I'm asking have you repented of your sins. And turned to the Lord Jesus. And called upon him by faith. Has your name been written. In the Lamb's book of life. If it has. This meal that we are about to enjoy. Is for you. It is a means of grace. To feed upon what your Savior gives you. He says come to me. And rest. And I'll give it to you for your soul. Let's pray. Father in heaven, I pray as we prepare to come to your table in just a moment. That you would wash the the words of the gospel over our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would help us not to be self-deceived as we think about this table. As we think about the bread and the, the cup, what they represent and what they mean to us. Help us not to check out in these next few moments. Lord, I pray that you would move mightily among us by your spirit. Lord, I pray that you would give us freedom and rest, rest for our bodies, rest for our souls. We desperately need it. We live in a frenzied world and we make it worse by putting requirements on ourselves that you never did. Lord, I pray that you would help us to walk before you in obedience and righteousness and holiness, that we would obey your commands and see them as good for us. But Lord, help us as we live before You by Your Spirit. Lord, I pray that You would help us to believe that in our obedience, we are doing so because You have put Your name upon us and not hoping that You will because of our performance. Lord, I pray that You would minister to us weak and suffering, sinning and sore. Help us, Lord. We need You desperately. In Jesus' name, amen. At this time, I'd like to ask the men who will be helping with the Lord's Supper to come forward. Jesus in his wisdom has given us this table. He means for us to participate in it together as a church family by faith. And particularly, this sacrament is enjoined together with the Word of God. You've heard the gospel today. By his Spirit, he has applied it to your heart. If there are ways in which you are pricked in your heart, look to the Lord Jesus by faith and ask him to reveal it to you, whatever it is. This table represents a meal, and the sustenance of Christ provided for you. This table is for weary travelers in this life. If that is you today, come to Jesus and rest. Feed upon Him. I want to share just a few words from a hymn that I read this week that I thought very applicable to this text that we read this morning and also as we come to this table. It's written by Joseph Hart. The title of it is Come Ye Sinners. Come, ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus, ready, stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. Come, ye thirsty, come and welcome. God's free bounty glorify, true belief and true repentance, every grace that brings you nigh. Let not conscience make you linger, nor a fitness fondly dream. All the fitness He requireth is to feel your need of Him. Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better, you'll never come at all. Lo, the incarnate God ascended, pleads the merit of His blood. Venture on Him, venture wholly. Let no other trust intrude. Horatius Bonner also wrote at him, I heard the voice of Jesus say, I pray by God's Spirit, you hear his voice today. He said, I heard the voice of Jesus say, Come unto me and rest. Lay down, thou weary one, lay down thy head upon my breast. I came to Jesus as I was, so weary, worn, and sad, I found in Him a resting place. And He has made me glad. Come and rest in the Lord Jesus today. I'm going to pray to set apart the elements before we partake in the Lord's Supper together. Let's pray. Father in Heaven, I pray that You would take this cup and this bread and minister to us through them the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ of his life, death, and resurrection. That he paid the penalty for our sins in full. That there is now no further payment or sacrifice needed. Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. And we cry out to you, Hallelujah. We thank you and we praise you for the gift that you have given us in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you for this meal that we're about to participate in. And we pray, Lord, that by your spirit you administer to us the gospel. We need it. In Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to share now these words of institution before we have a time of silent confession before the Lord. This is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which He was betrayed, took bread and He broke it. He broke it in their presence. And after He had given thanks, He said, Take, eat. This is My body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. In the same manner, He also took the cup after supper, And he said, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. Therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord Jesus. But let a man or a woman examine himself or herself. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment upon himself. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. For if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened by the Lord, that we may not be condemned with the world. Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. But if anyone is hungry, let him eat at home, lest you come together for judgment. And the rest I will set in order. When I come, these are Paul's instructions to the church of Corinth about how to observe the Lord's Supper. So let's take a a moment, knowing that this table is not for perfect people, but it is serious that we would examine our own hearts before we come to the Lord's presence to His table. Let's go to the Lord now in silent confession, and I'll close in prayer in just a moment. Of the psalmist, Heavenly Father, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way of highest. Lord, we confess before you, Almighty God, that we have sinned in thought and word and deed. We have left undone the things that your words command us to do. And we have done things that your word has said not to do. We know that there is no health in us apart from you, and we cry out to you. Have mercy upon us. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people as we confess our particular sins to you, and help us, Lord, to cling to you by faith. In Jesus' name. Amen. There are some stipulations for coming to this table. If you're a member of a church that takes the gospel seriously, that preaches the Bible, you don't have to be a member of this church. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ by faith, have repented of your sins. Then you are welcome at this table. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. Your children are part of the covenant. If they've not made profession of faith, we ask that they keep their hands at their side. They are included in the covenant by your membership in the church. We believe they are blessed because of it. And once they make profession of faith, they absolutely can uh, participate. If you are resisting the Lord in some way, you yourself, even a believer, are resisting the Lord in some way and have some unconfessed or unrepentant sin in your life and you know that you have not gone to the Lord and repented of it, then you ought not come to this table. You should wait until the next time we celebrate it together after you've gone to the Lord. Or if there is something of a breach between you and another believer, something that you can't say honestly before the Lord, I've done everything that I can to be reconciled to my brother or sister, you ought not come to this table. Go and make that right as best you can before the Lord. But this table is not for perfect people. It's for people who cling to the Lord by faith and need mercy and grace. So I say to you, taste and see that the Lord is good. He is good to his people. Lord Jesus said, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. The Lord Jesus said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Drink you all of it in remembrance of me. Just after the table is covered in just a moment, we're going to stand and sing our final hymn together, having it and singing that the Lord is here. Let's stand together and sing now hymn number 648 by Jesus I Love Thee. Of our Lord. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.